Today on the Word Preacher Podcast, Alma's rejection in Ammonihah, Amulek's help, and sowing discord among brethren. I'm Brett Jensen, and this is the Word Preacher Podcast. Our Come Follow Me material for this week brings us to Alma chapters 8 through 12. We'd already sort of started talking about Alma giving up the judgment seat uh, in last week's episode, and uh, and he began going to different places throughout the kingdom, uh, or not the kingdom anymore, throughout the the land of the Nephites. gave up his his place as the chief judge and uh, went around preaching the gospel. Uh, The next place that he went to, uh, having had success in several other locations, he came to a place called Ammonihah. This is the description of how it opens in Alma chapter 8, verses 9 through 12. Now Satan had gotten great hold upon the hearts of the people of the city of Ammonihah. Therefore they would not hearken unto the words of Alma. Nevertheless, Alma labored much in the spirit, wrestling with God in mighty prayer, that he would pour out his spirit upon the people who were in the city, that he would also grant that he might baptize them unto repentance. Nevertheless they hardened their hearts, saying unto him, Behold, we know that thou art Alma. And we know that thou art high priest over the church which thou hast established in many parts of the land, according to your tradition. And we are not of thy church, and we do not believe in such foolish traditions. And now we know that because we are not of thy church, we know that thou hast not no power over us. And thou hast delivered up the judgment seat unto Nephi. Therefore thou art not the chief judge over us. Now when the people had said this, and withstood all his words, and reviled him, and spit upon him, and caused that he should be cast out of their city, he departed thence and took his journey towards the city which was called Aaron. All right, so here we have our scenario. Already the people of Ammonihah are not willing to uh, listen to what Alma has to say. And it's not that they had forsaken religion, even though they sort of said that, because no one truly forsakes religion. They had just replaced this with a different authority, a secular authority. Nephi had power over them in their minds. Alma did not. So they just had a different authority. Um, And that doesn't necessarily mean that there's a problem with secular authority. At various times, God has raised kings and nations uh, to accomplish diverse purposes. Um, The issue, the people of Ammonihah would not believe in things that they could not immediately see. And it wasn't enough just to not believe. They needed to call Alma's beliefs foolish. They reviled and spit on Alma and cast him to be, caused him to be cast out. 
They told Elma that he couldn't do anything because he'd given up his political authority, which was the only authority that they recognized. So Elma leaves the city, and he's visited by the same angel who had first appeared to him and kind of jump-started his conversion. Uh, this angel explains that he was sent to, to tell him to return to Ammonihah. He says this, And behold, I am sent to command thee that thou return to the city of Ammonihah and preach again unto the people of the city. Yea, preach unto them. Yea, say unto them, Except they repent, the Lord God will destroy them. For behold, they do study at this time that they may destroy the liberty of thy people. For thus saith the Lord, which is contrary to the statutes and judgments and commandments which he has given unto this people. That's kind of a, an important message. This new message that Alma was instructed to give was not, please repent, please follow the Lord. It was repent or be destroyed. This message, uh, uh, contrary to what some might have you believe, it's not reserved for Ammonihah. In fact, if we're very careful about how we hear prophets and read the scriptures, it's pretty much always the message. Those who will not humble themselves and walk the covenant path that the Lord has laid out will not receive happiness in the end and will receive the fruits of whatever their works are. It will not be good. Jesus Christ wants to save us from something very bad, and not just something that he's going to inflict, something that we do to our own spirits when we walk forbidden paths. In addition, I think it's notable that these people were studying to destroy the liberty of the people. This studying was condemned as contrary to the commandments of the Lord. But how can God condemn studying if he wants us to become like him and he is omniscient, all-knowing? Of course, the objective of the study of the people of Ammonihah was not an increase of knowledge or any kind of betterment. It was a study in oppression. There's a passage in the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament that helps describe how God feels about this sort of thinking and behavior. Uh, this is in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Now, some of the items in this list are obviously bad. Lying, false witness, murder, everybody kind of can get behind those. But others describe only an intent to do evil, or an assessment, a proud look, a heart 
that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, and he that soweth discord among brethren. These ideas are present in numerous wicked individuals throughout the scriptures. The pride of King Noah and his priests led them to believe that the message of repentance that Abinadi brought was not for them. They were too good for such messages. The wicked plotting of Amalekiah, which we'll discuss later in Alma, led uh, Amalekiah to carefully manipulate and kill people to gain power. Laman and Lemuel were quick in running into trouble, and ultimately they stopped coming back to the covenant path. Sowing discord among brethren is a practice being implemented in our media right now. People's differences are pointed out frequently, particularly things like skin color, for the purpose of pitting these groups against one another. This is not the way of God, who tells us that we are all his children, and that every man should deny himself of all ungodliness and follow him. This is an important concept, and we will discuss more of the scriptural example of this later. All right, back to Ammonihah. Alma returns, and he's met by a man named Amulek. Who helps him? Alma was commanded to bring Amulek with him on his uh, mission to preach the, the unpleasant message, repent or be destroyed. I imagine, you know, after Amulek sees an angel and is instructed to help uh, this man of God who will bless his house and bring good upon him, that this might have been a difficult task. Uh, I mean, even if you discount the content of the message, uh, thank you for providing me food and shelter. Now I want you to do public speaking with me. That's intimidating for a lot of people. And then on top of that, the message was already unpopular enough that Alma had been cast out in a very undignified manner. Of course, if we know of this story, the real difficulty was only beginning. Alma went with Amulek and began to teach the people that if they do not repent, particularly because they should know better, they will be destroyed. After Alma concludes, Amulek steps up and explains his position and his lineage. He's not just some guy from Zarahemla trying to force something on the people. He's from Ammonihah. He's one of them. He's a good and honest person, and they should recognize him. And then he testifies that he is helping Alma at the command of the Lord. Emulek also appeals to the political authority that they recognized via the former king, Mosiah, who had explained that the system of judges would collapse if the people should fall into transgression. Well, they didn't like that. They did not like this message at all. And they accuse Amulek of reviling against their laws. Um, let's read a passage. Alma chapter 10, verses 24 through 26. And now it came to pass that the people were more angry with Amulek, and they cried out, saying, 
This man doth revile against our laws, which are just, and our wise lawyers, whom we have selected. But Amulek stretched forth his hand, and cried the mightier unto them, saying, O ye wicked and perverse generation, why hath Satan got such great hold upon your hearts? Why will ye yield yourselves unto him that he may have power over you, to blind your eyes that you will not understand the words which are spoken according to their truth? For behold, have I testified against your law? Ye do not understand. Ye say that I have spoken against your law, but I have not. But I have spoken in favor of your law to your condemnation. powerful witness from Amulek, which brings up the next subject, sowing discord among brethren. Now, the lawyers that were in Ammonihah wanted to attack Amulek and try and trick him, particularly one Zeezrom. And Mormon adds a little commentary to give some uh, context to this situation as well. Let's read a couple of these verses. Now, the object of these lawyers was to get gain, and they got gain according to their employ. Now, it was for the sole purpose to get gain because they received their wages according to their employ. Therefore, they did stir up the people to riotings and all manner of disturbances and wickedness, that they might have more employ, that they might get money according to the suits which were brought before them. Therefore, they did stir up the people against Alma and Amulek. He explains this in Alma 10.32 and Alma 11, verse 20. Um, it's important to understand a general truth that is being established, that not every cry of injustice is made for the benefit of the victims, and also that not everyone who is portrayed as a victim, in this case the local judges and lawyers of Ammonihah, is actually a victim. Zeezrom begins his attack by offering Amulek a great amount of silver to deny the existence of a supreme being. Amulek very kindly and lovingly and patiently responds as follows. O thou child of hell, why tempt ye me? Knowest thou that the righteous yieldeth to no such temptations? Believest thou that there is no God? I say unto you, Nay, thou knowest that there is a God, but thou lovest that lucre more than him. That's Alma chapter 11, verses 23 and 24 the loving and patient response of Amulek, who isn't willing to put up with Zeezrom's crap. So they have kind of a back and forth. Zeezrom uh, realizes he isn't going to, to get him to change his mind for money, so he probes for inconsistencies. And to paraphrase, the exchange kind of goes like this. Zeezrom asks, is there more than one god? No. How do you know? An angel. Who shall come? Is it the Son of God? Yea. Shall he save his people in their sins? I say unto you, he shall not, for it is impossible for him to deny his word. 
And then Zeezrom concludes saying, See that ye remember these things. For he said, There is but one God, yet he saith that the Son of God shall come, but he shall not save his people, as though he had authority to commend God. So Zeezrom believes that he has found inconsistencies, and he's now ready to present these uh, to show the people that Emulek is being illogical and irrational and should be dismissed. Um, these inconsistencies, quote-unquote, that Zeezrom thinks that he has found include uh, a couple of items. First, the number of people in the Godhead. In other words, how can there be one God if the Son of God shall come and save his people? Is he not also God? This actual disagreement has been the source of a lot of contention among Christians for a long time. Many Christians have come to believe that this is just an unfathomable characteristic of God, that he is simultaneously three individuals and one individual. And, uh, and I guess that's just how it is, and he's un incomprehensible. Zeezrom later uh, kind of continues this train of thought by asking if Christ, the Son of God, is the Eternal Father, to which Amulek responds that he is. The truth is, when we look at this, in a world particularly that has embraced polytheistic traditions, dividing the Godhead into separate people could lead to unnecessary division. Not only unnecessary, but unhelpful, problematic division among the people. And you can see signs of this. Early Christians in the New Testament divided themselves uh, based on who had baptized them, some of Paul, some of Apollos, uh, you know, various groups thinking that they were in a superior group based on who had baptized them. And Paul had to step in and correct them that they were supposed to be one church of Jesus Christ. A small number of modern members of the Church of Jesus Christ have gone down the path of praying to Mother in Heaven instead of Father in Heaven, another relationship that is absolutely pointless to divide apart. Like, you think the other parent is going to give you an answer you like more? The unity of these individuals is far more important. And if there are multiple valid gods, people, even today, may have a tendency to have preferences. And for this and other reasons, it's so much easier and more useful to describe God as one. Certainly you won't get different answers from the Father or the Son or the Holy Ghost. They, they can be considered, whatever guidance you receive from any of them, you can consider the same. It would be identical from any of them. And, uh, and there's no need to divide them up unless you're trying to understand specific roles. Um, there, and there, there is some importance to specific roles between members of the Godhead. But uh, in terms of the message, it's one. It is the word of God. 
The second point that Zeezrom brings up is that Christ shall not save his people. And here Zeezrom discreetly throws in the phrase in his initial question, in their sins, and then conveniently removes it when he makes his accusation. Amulek identifies this bait-and-switch tactic by explaining that Christ is not coming to save his people in their sins, because no unclean thing can enter the kingdom of heaven. And that's important. He's saving people from their sins. He's helping them get rid of their sins. That is salvation. Zeezrom, uh, after Amulek responds, is very surprised because Amulek seemed to understand exactly what his attacks were designed to do. Uh, even though he wasn't a lawyer himself. And Zeezrom was moved by his words. Ultimately, Zeezrom had a change of heart, but most of the people of Ammonihah did not. Ultimately, this message that we have from these chapters, beware of those who sow discord among brethren. The truths that connect humanity as a single family, the children of God, are more important than the divisions that manipulators emphasize. Even if you're not the prophet, God may call upon you to help build his kingdom as he did Amulek. Have courage to stand up for that which is true, and he will help you. And last, understand that some people will reject and persecute those who believe in Christ. It's still worth it to believe in Christ. We appreciate all the support for the Word Preacher podcast. Next week, we will look at Alma chapters 13 through 16, discussing persecution and deliverance. Of course, there's a lot of stuff in what Alma taught and Amulek taught that we did not have time to cover. Please study that, uh, both individually and with your family in the Come Follow Me curriculum. And of course, as always, fight on.